Hey, I'm your host, Sarah Adam Check, and you are listening to the Connected and Well podcast. This is a podcast for those of you who are ready to up-level your life. If you're ready to become more mindful, stick to the habits you create, shed stress and overwhelm, and shift your mindset from limiting beliefs and fear so you can hop off the sidelines and go create your dream life, I've got you. Join the conversation. Let's go. Hello, hello, your host, Sarah Adam Chack here back for another episode on the Connected and Well podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Today is my 20th wedding anniversary. Can you believe it? Oh my goodness, it feels so good. I'm so in love and so into my husband. But this time last year, nothing felt good. Today's episode is going to be a bit hard to talk about. I'm going to be super vulnerable with you. I feel nervous just opening up this conversation. I'm going to share with you a bit about the struggles that I've been going through in my marriage, or I should say that I had went through. This week, we're off to Santa Fe to celebrate our 20th wedding anniversary, and I'm super pumped about it. I'm looking forward to it. But I can honestly say that even six months ago, I didn't know if we would reach this big milestone. Guys, we went through the mud. It was thick and we barely came up from it, but we did. And I am glad we did. And I'm here to share this story with you for two reasons. One, it's been on my heart to share this with you. Most of our good friends already know this story, but I haven't shared this with our community. And so I feel like it's important to share our truth. And two, if I can somehow help you reclaim your marriage or relationship, then sharing this will be totally worth it. Ah, oh, the tears are already starting to flow. So let's see if I can make it through. But you know, as your motivation coach, I am here for you. I am here for your growth and your well-being. So if I can somehow help you regroup your marriage, reclaim your marriage, I am all about it. Okay, so I will let you in on some struggles that we dealt with, what helped us become the strongest and most connected that we've ever been. And then I will give you some concrete ideas from the experts on how to salvage a failing marriage or relationship. Because I am not an expert. I'm not a therapist or a relationship coach. I'm just a girl who went through a crazy hard time in her marriage. And I just want to share with you what worked for us. I'm betting some of these tips will definitely work for you as well. I heard someone say to me once that divorce feels like a death. And I can honestly say going through a near divorce certainly felt this way. Of course, we went through all the feels. Nothing was bad in our marriage or crazy wrong. Uh, There were no affairs or like physical abuse or anything. It was just simply a case of us drifting apart a bit. It was more me being aware of this than John. So here's how we got here and what it started looking like. And don't worry, John knows about this episode. He's all for it. And I will throw myself under the bus as well. Okay, I'll give you a little backstory into our history. I won't bore you with all the details, so I'll make it quick. John and I met when we were super young. I was 18 and he was 21 before we had serious jobs. So things were super fun. We would stay up until two or three almost every night just laughing and being complete goofballs. 
Then came marriage, and very shortly after our first son, we were both into being parents and doing all the things with our new baby. John graduated first from college, and he was offered a job that would turn into his career, and that's the first time I noticed a shift in our relationship. One reason the demands of IT were new to John, and let me tell you, the demands of IT are never ending. And we also bought our first house. So basically we were becoming responsible and I know John took that serious. I remember though, John would stay up late playing games on his computer in his office and I would just be sitting there waiting to hang out with my husband. So I would just veg out on American Idol episodes. I didn't realize that was a problem at the time, but we were both checking out and beginning to drift apart even at that early stage. Then life went on, two more kids came along, another new house and new jobs. I switched from teaching art 15 hours a week to owning a school. (laughs) And you can imagine that was a lot of work. I would eventually start working 50 to 60 hour weeks. And let me tell you, that was hard because of course I wanted to be home with my own babies as well. So I was super torn, began getting unhappy. And John, on top of his IT job, he would do the payroll and yard work and all the maintenance at Little Birds. So it was like having two jobs. Let me back up though and say I poured everything I had to this point into our babies and our family. And so my identity became mother. I took that job seriously and I still do. John has always been a great dad. He's always been super involved. Within five years into owning our school, our life was literally in shambles. We were exhausted, stressed, and all the terrible feels. I remember those first few months in that first year, like I was so exhausted. I would come home and basically fall asleep on the couch every night around eight o'clock. John started cooking all the dinners, doing all the laundry, doing all the dishes. And I can imagine that was terrible and a lot of work. By year nine, we knew we had to sell and year 10, we finally did. Of course, I have lots of happy memories of owning the school. It's just the toll that it took on our physical, mental, and emotional health was completely damaging. So that is where things got messed up initially. I poured everything into the school because I strive for near excellence. And hey, it was a childcare center and preschool. So of course, it had to be pretty dang perfect. Second, I poured what little I had left into my own babies and saved my leftovers for John. I will 100% own up to that. And I believe that's where our marriage started to fail. John was like third on my list. Now, that's not to say that we didn't do great things. Family-wise, we always went camping, had picnics. Like we always did all the things. It's just that I was noticing a shift in how I was towards John, I guess. Basically, we were in survival mode, so I can't be too hard on us. We did both notice this, though, that we were shifting and drifting apart around year five of owning the school, and so we really tried to come back together. We were all in. We called it Project Epic Family, and it was such a cool two years. But then, of course, we went back to being more checked out. Don't worry, we're not going to do that this time because we know better. Fast forward to this time last year, and here's where it all started to crumble. Once we sold the school in 2021, we could all breathe easier. 
It took me a whole year, though, to decompress and return to a regulated state. Like, I was still in chronic stress, and so it took me a long time to decompress. I then was relearning who I was because my identity for years was a little bird. Like, literally, anytime I would see anybody out and about, they would only ask me about how the school was. Like, I became the school. And I was an over-workaholic. I don't suggest that. And I started enjoying more freedom right? Because I wasn't working as much. During that same time, John's workload started ramping up to the point he was becoming so grumpy all the time and straight up rude. There are two reasons why. One is because his work stress was getting him and he was at an all-time high with it, I guess. And two, because I started hanging out more and more with my new group of friends who was, as it turns out, mostly single guys. I didn't see the issue with this. Um, I've always been more of a tomboy. And funny enough, the kids would always tag along as well. And sometimes John would too on occasion. And I just thought we were making great friends like together. But John started making it a your friends, my friends kind of thing. And he just became a big jerk. (laughs) Sorry to say. Honestly, I just love activities and people and this group always did the coolest stuff together. Like they always wanted to go hiking and play pickleball and go out to eat and go watch really cool movies like documentaries and just did really cool stuff that most people don't do. You know, most friends, what is it? You just go out to eat, grab a drink, whatnot. Nothing wrong with that. Super great. But I was so into all of these activities. And John's always been pretty much an introvert, so he doesn't really enjoy being out with others. Except now we've worked on ourselves and we have a new solid friend group, so that feels good. I now see, though, that John was jealous. And for good reason. Oh my gosh, I'm a married woman and I was hanging out with all these single guys, even though it was strictly platonic for me. I had zero romantic feelings. So the more John was bitter the more I pulled away and started turning to my friend group instead. And it just became a sticking point in our relationship. I began planning a way out, a way out of my marriage. I was so unhappy and I really didn't see our relationship growing. I saw us drifting further apart until we became, you know, like those older couples that you see and they just have nothing to say to each other. They don't even like each other. They're so bitter to each other. I did not want to be in a relationship like that. And I also didn't want to be in a relationship where we're just both checked out doing our own thing or staying up late watching TV all night. I have no interest in that. We both dream of traveling full time when we retire. And I begin to have dread at this idea. I was like, that sounds awful to be all alone with John in a camper. I hate that I thought that way, but I totally did. I was like, I don't see our future being happy. I just see us being miserable, literally. And being stuck in a camper just did not sound like fun. I was worried about it. And I thought how am I going to do this? And I knew that if we stayed on the path that we were going, that that could definitely be our future. Sorry, guys. It's crazy how a few months can change because now I'm totally excited for that idea. And I just think our future looks so bright. So April and May of last year was really heavy. John's mom was diagnosed with aggressive cancer, so I held off telling him anything, and I had been feeling like leaving him since probably January of 2022, so I held it in for so long, and then when his mom got sick, 
She was going through chemo, but then when they announced in April that they didn't think she would get better, I just held it all in. I didn't want to add that to his plate. She sadly passed away in May and was buried a day before our 19th anniversary. Honestly, it was all a blur. I remember, though, that we didn't even get each other cards. I think we were just not feeling it. On top of, you know, going through her death and her passing, we just weren't feeling it in general. And then our oldest graduated, which was hard on my mama heart. A few weeks had passed and John was a different guy. He was pretty unbearable to be around. And I started wondering if he even liked me. Like legit, I was thinking he hated me. He was just so, yeah, unbearable to be around. Even the kids were starting to notice like the kids didn't want to be around him. It was that bad. I knew he was grieving, and when he grieves his family, he grieves hard, so I was giving him his space, but I finally couldn't hold it all in, and boy, did I let it all out. I said so much without thinking of my words. I just like basically word vomited everything I'd been feeling for like months on end. I said crazy things like, I want to go on a solo trip to India and Italy. Basically, I wanted to be like, eat, pray, love. I wanted a divorce. You know, I told him I want a divorce. It was hard and heavy and things turned south in an instant. I do think I had a true midlife crisis. Like I had such a strong pull to leave this marriage and go do my own thing. I was such a high achiever for so long with my job. And once that job was gone, I didn't have such a rigorous schedule. And boy, did that screw me up. Like really, it screwed me up not having a schedule to follow every single day. I've since learned that that's a real thing, that people who sell companies or leave high-performing jobs, that once they quit, more often than not, they're going to burn their life down. Like, it's a real thing. So I guess I was going through that. So as you can imagine, the next few months into seven months were a nightmare. John basically lost his shit. Like, it was bad, guys. He fought so hard to save our marriage, though, but at the same time, it was almost like he was fighting to not be in the marriage, right? Like he would yell and scream. And and then I began yelling and screaming like it was like who could be the loudest almost. And it was terrible. I really feel like I suffered some mental illness or like um, something. I, I definitely suffered something. I'm out of that, though, thankfully. But I can honestly say that I am so thankful that we both stepped up and really worked to save our marriage because now we are in such a good place. Like I cannot explain how good our relationship is going. It's amazing. We've always been best friends. We've always had stuff to talk about, but it was just that John's mood was really dampening our marriage. And I was like, I can't take this anymore. You really do have to communicate with your partner and communicate often. So most of John's mood was, yes, my guy friends. But it was also that once I told him I wanted to leave, he felt like I was abandoning him. And with his mom just passing, he felt like I was his only family left. And here I was leaving him. So that brought up a lot of childhood issues for him. A lot of abandonment issues resurfaced and that made things 10 times worse. And had we not communicated that, I just would have thought it was about my friends and would have been like really ticked off about it. Instead of being able to really hear him and see where he was really coming from and why he was so grumpy. 
because he was dealing with those childhood issues. But yeah, those seven months were crazy and hard and I lost myself for a bit. Oh, so as you can imagine, it was a roller coaster. So we did have really, really good times in the mix of really, really bad times. We would have like three really great days and then two terrible days. We would have two amazing weeks and then the next three days would be super hard. So having those good days, those good moments of renewing our friendship was what kept me staying because I saw the couple that we could become. I saw the partner that John could become and that was really encouraging for me. But I was just like, can we get off of the roller coaster? Because, oh my goodness, it was hard and annoying. (laughs) And also, I'm not a fake person. So if you see, like, I know some of you are going to get on Facebook or Instagram and scroll back. If you see pictures of us happy, we were happy. Like, I don't post fake pictures. Ha, just throwing that out there. But yeah, when you're going through it, it really does feel like you're on a roller coaster ride. Just stick with it keep doing the hard work and eventually your roller coaster will be like a little kitty ride just kind of smooth (laughs) with a few bumps but then you'll have the tools to overcome whatever comes up there's so much I could say but I'm gonna leave it at that I'm sure you can imagine how difficult how painful and how hard that time was for us okay whoo I made it through that part so here is all that we did to salvage our marriage We started meditating together. John actually suggested this, that he wanted to start meditating because he needed to really do some inner work. And he asked if I want to join him, and I did. And we have been meditating almost every single day for the last 11 months. And I can tell you that's a game changer in life. John got a counselor for himself for a little bit so he could work through all of his issues. Mainly he had a lot of inner child stuff come up, a lot of inner work that he needed to work through so he could become the best husband, the best partner. And I'm really proud of him. He really stepped into doing the work. We also got a marriage counselor. That was good, but it was kind of difficult at times because, you know, the things we'd have to talk about would trigger John. And then like the next day or two would be awful. But then John would be like, okay, I needed that. So we did that for probably three months. And We haven't had to have a session since, but I think we should do it just for like a routine check-in. We definitely had a lot to work on. One thing that we had to learn how to do was communicate and not react and not hold everything in to really communicate. We're still learning that, but it's getting easier. We started reading books together, mostly marriage books. John went and bought a ton of books on marriage, and we started reading through those. Thich Nhat Hanh has really good books. I just love his style of when you see your partner suffering, you say, dear one, I see you suffering. Dear one, I'm here for you. And that like really helped us. We would just say that to each other and give each other big hugs. We analyzed all of our inner child stuff and we did the work to get over some of that. It's crazy how we can get stuck in certain areas of old inner child wounds. That stuff is real, though. And we both noticed we both had our own issues and that was keeping us from like fully connecting. Sounds so weird, but once we learned what those were and we were able to work through that, it's almost like that barrier has been lifted and our hearts are now just wide open for each other. I definitely noticed my heart has opened a lot more for John and that's been really good. 
We started doing breath work weekly and then we started doing yoga daily. That's something John has never had an interest in before. So I really enjoyed doing all that together. We didn't go out. We just stayed home and focused on our marriage and our family. We started just hanging out outside, listening to podcasts, hanging out in our hammocks all night. At first, that was kind of hard for me, um, not going out and having others over because I love hosting and we were starting to host once a month. But I am really thankful for that time now because it really gave us a time just to reconnect to each other and solidify our marriage. And I'm actually more of a homebody now, which is kind of funny, but it's it's really a good thing. I'm not always just like, hey, it's Friday, it's Saturday. What are we doing? What activities are we doing? I can just chill. And it's almost like a easier way of life. Now, we did meet up with a few of our good friends. We got support from them throughout this whole time. So that was really important as well, sharing our story with our friends and just letting them help us get through some of this. We did something kind of weird but helpful. We would sit cross-legged and just stare into each other's eyes. It's called eye gazing and boy, it actually works. It's like you can see into your partner's soul. So I suggest that. We would also sit where our chest touch and inhale and exhale like John would sit cross-legged and then I would sit on his lap and wrap my legs around him and just breathe in and out. And I'll tell you, this was super powerful for reconnecting. Basically, we have spent hours upon hours building our relationship back up to the best place that I feel we've ever been. Like we are so deep. We are so into it and into one another. We listen to podcasts now. We're back hanging out with our friends that are couples, like our couple friends. I have seen my other friend group a few times. One of my friends hosts a weekly potluck, so I go once a month. And that's nice to reconnect to them and get to visit, but nowhere near hanging out with them the way I used to hang out with them. We are traveling. We're going to conferences, diving deep into personal development and self-improvement. We're really changing the way we live and changing our habits. And that's been super amazing. I have worked on not taking everything John does so personal. Like, come on, if a guy wants to be grumpy every now and then, just let him be grumpy. As long as it's not directed directly towards me. You know, do I have to jump on every little thing and react to everything? No. And I'm working on not being so sensitive all the time. And John has really worked on being softer and more gentle, especially when things pop up and just really being there and listening to me and listening to my feelings, which he's actually always been amazing at that. He's always supported me. He always has time for me and he really does always listen to what I'm going through and he always has a shoulder to cry on. So I guess for those reasons alone, I was an idiot of thinking of leaving <laughs> Overall, we're more compassionate with each other. We have always been best friends, like I said, but we are at a new level. We are just so into each other and we're dreaming together and we're just so excited to be around each other. Like we talk for hours on end and it's really hard <laughs> to go to bed or, you know, like during lunch breaks or whatever, or when he's getting ready to leave in the morning because we are just like chatting nonstop. One thing I did even when we were starting to work on our relationship is anytime John was rude, in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm done. I'm not even going to do this. And so just stopping that dialogue that I have and not just being so quick to be like, well, I'm out 
things have really shifted for me. Like I know I'm not out. I know I'm in this relationship. And so that's really helped. Also, yes, I put a date on my calendar. I was like, if things are not better by this date, I think I still have like a month. I'm going to check in on this date and see if I'm still totally committed to this relationship. Just knowing like, hey, I'm not going to worry about that date anymore. I'm just going to focus on my marriage and my relationship. So that really helped as well. It helped in the beginning having that date to know that, hey, I do have an exit date. If I need it, this is my date. But towards the end, once we were getting better, I was like, yeah, I don't really want to have that date because I don't want to have an excuse to be able to walk away. Okay, enough of that. Did you recognize yourself in any of that? It's so easy to drift apart. You have to do the work. You have to work on your relationship. It's nonstop work. Just like you work at your job or other friendships, you have to hold yourself accountable, communicate your needs as soon as something comes up, get a notebook and write it down if you need to. Like if you have a hard time speaking to your partner, especially about hard things, something John and I did um, in the beginning of this is we got a notebook and like I would write something in it and then he would write something. And so that was really helpful to open up communication. Make sure to go on regular dates. But here's the thing, you have to be engaged. You can't just sit there and not talk and just sit on your phone. You have to talk to each other and really be present for your relationship. Dream together. Have something on your calendar that you can both look forward to. Improve your health together. Do fun things together. I was listening to Jay Shetty's podcast about his new book, and here is something that he had to say about relationships. He says, try a new activity that you both have never tried. That way it's new and you have that shared experience with each other. He also suggests limiting TV time, and I strongly agree with him. Yes, I know at the end of the day, it can be so nice just to get in bed with each other and be like, let's watch our favorite show. But for John and I, that was one of our downfalls because, you know, we would watch TV two nights a week and then it became three nights and then four nights. And before long, it was like every single night we were just like, let's watch a show. And yeah, you do talk when you're watching a show, but it's really about the characters. It's not really about your life and your goals and dreams together. So I don't think it's actually helping bond your relationship. Um, he suggests learning together. And I know that's definitely been a game changer for us. We're reading all the books, listening to all the podcasts. That's really opened us up. Have monthly meetings, monthly check-ins, and also have quarterly meetings just to see where your relationship is, where you're at, check in and see what your values are. Because, you know, we all change all the time. So just checking in with your partner and seeing who they are along the way. Nurture your relationship like you would nurture a flower, right? If you have a flower that you love, you're going to water it. You're going to take care of it. You're not going to just let it wilt and die. He also suggests stop complaining about your partner and stop criticizing your partner for every little thing. Share your wins with each other. Know what your partner's going through in their life, at work, and other areas. And make sure that you ask them about their day and ask them about those wins that they're hoping to get. Like if you know your partner has a huge meeting or a speaking event, really being there for them afterwards and being like, hey, how'd it go? And celebrating their wins and being there for them when things don't go the right way. Get a therapist to help work out your problems. Work on yourself. That's huge. You have to work on yourself first. You have to become the partner that you want your partner to become. Be intentional about working on your marriage. Put in the work. 
make growth a priority. Mel Robbins was talking about this as well. She was talking about you have to continually pick the weeds out of your marriage, right? And don't let them take over because they can certainly take over. And you have to get to the root, not just picking the weeds. Like you need to dig deep and figure out what the issue is, what the problem is, tackle it from the roots. Once you tackle it from the roots, then you can begin to heal and grow and really change your relationship. Do the inner work. Whatever you have that's blocking you or you need to clear out, do the inner work. Become more mindful and overall just become more supportive and encouraging of your partner. Okay, well, this list could go on and on. And this is my longest episode to date. I hope you're still listening. I hope you got something out of this. For us, the top game changers have been spending good quality time together, checking in with each other, learning together, bettering our physical, mental, and emotional health, and communicating more and in better ways. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. I hope it touched you and helped you in some way. If you're feeling miserable like I was, step up to do the work. Commit to getting your relationship back on track and knowing at the end of the day that if you've done everything you can and your partner is not willing to do the work, that it might be time to walk away. But before you jump ship, because you know, the grass won't be greener on the other side, you're just going to have other issues down the road, commit to doing the work and see just where you can go. I'm wishing you the best. I'm cheering you on and I'm sending you strength to say what you need to say to your partner and really speak your truth and get your relationship back on track. Here's to a great relationship. Love you. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep doing the things that help you rise to your full potential. You've got this. Let's go.